Hi, friend. My name is Amy Joy, and this is the Make Prayer Beautiful podcast. I wanted to talk a little bit about exorcism today, which, again, I really like this as a topic, and it's very underrepresented in the Christian community, <laughs> probably for good reason. But one of the things that I have found fascinating is the actual physical changes that can happen to someone. And not just in the sense of like, oh, I just was healed, but physically as in, uh, I was at a retreat with a woman a few months ago and she had come in and she was a lovely Christian woman. She was doing her best to walk with God, had dealt with some pretty traumatic experiences in her life. And when it was time for her to have healing prayer, her eye color changed. (laughs) There were some things in her that needed to come out and they came out and her eye color changed from kind of a a blackish, like really dark colored iris to a beautiful, more like caramel gold color, which was astonishing to see. And (laughs) it was actually her 50th birthday that weekend and... She was just kind of like, oh my goodness, look what happened to me. Like, can you even believe it? And what I love so much about that response is that there was no sense of shame of like, oh, well, huh, that's awkward that I had that on me before. But instead, just such a joy in the new freedom that she had found. And I have actually heard this from other places as well. So, uh, I know Donna De Silva, who is the one who teaches Sozo healing prayer. She tells a story about how they had done a healing service and then really late at the end of it, everybody else was on the bus and there was a Vietnam veteran who had come and she was like, we were so tired, but okay, here's somebody else who's come for prayer. So I got off the bus, prayed with him, got back on the bus and all of the people on the bus were like, oh my goodness, did you see that? And she was kind of like, what What happened? And apparently there had been such a dramatic physical change from just like the darkness over this person to a complete lift of that. So I had another friend write to me recently with a similar experience where, again, lovely Christian woman walked with God decades, went in to confess sins and came out and within a couple of days, she had two separate people say to her, you know, your eye color has kind of shifted and your, your skin is so much clearer. Like what's going on? And I think there's a part where when the darkness is removed, that there is just new life. There is new light. And I guess I could even say this for myself. When I look at photos of myself from let's say three years ago, I don't think I looked bad, but I think, oh, I just look more fully myself now. And I appreciate that. I like that. (laughs) My friend Adrian is at times an involuntary seer, someone who can see what is happening in the spirit without needing to uh, intentionally seek after it. And she said, there was one day I went into a Walmart here, I think in the States, And she said, I could actually see the demonic chains that were binding people and that it was making them misshapen. It was, I could see how the reason that they walked in a particular way was because of a particular 
a chain that was binding them. And the weightiness of all of these people and the the harassment that they faced, I think there was quite a lot of an upwelling of compassion for them. And and yet also that sense of like, there's no hope for this particular problem apart from Jesus. Yeah, so anyway, I guess I say all of that. My friend with the change in eye color said, why don't churches preach the doctrine that when you're baptized, you can also, that you ought to repent and receive exorcism? And it's an interesting question. My understanding is that in the early church, that that was the pattern. That's um, in Francis McNutt's book, The Healing Reawakening. I think he talks through how that was just the early church's pattern, that when people walked with God, they, the believing community expected that they would have had some levels of demonic oppression as a result of living in the world. And so they would spend somewhere between one and three years, I think, preparing them to be baptized and then they fully expected that when a person came out that they had the baptism of the Holy Spirit and that they were walking in truth and that the bad things had been removed. But we don't teach that a whole lot these days. I had never heard of this until I heard Francis talk about it. So it's an interesting question that even for those of us who are in the church and have been in the church world for decades, that there's, there's still more. There's more that is held out. There's more of the fullness of what Christ offers. And so to have healing prayer, to have exorcisms, to have uh, repentance, confession, receive forgiveness, that all of this is part of the Christian walk. It's part of uh, what, what Christ offers to us in order for us to be fully ourselves. Yeah, so Lord Jesus, I thank you for that. I thank you that we get to walk with you. <laughs> I thank you, Lord, for, the, again, I just come back to that beautiful question that as people kind of wrestle with this question of how is it possible that the ugliness of the demonic can coexist in our bodies with the Holy Spirit? How is that possible? And then how, when John Arnott asked you that question that you said, well, how would it be possible for evil to coexist anywhere on the earth with my Holy Spirit? And it's like, oh yeah, I guess this is just an odd reality that we all face. So Lord, thank you that you choose to come and make your dwelling with us, even despite the ways that we uh, choose badly, despite the ways that we live in ignorance, that we uh, are not we're not our whole selves yet. And yet you still love us that you look on with us, look on us with compassion. So yeah, Jesus, we say thank you. We praise you and we bless you in your precious name. Amen.